talk to you for a few minutes today about opportunities. The title of my message is just simply one word, opportunity. My text is found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Let me read it to you. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Say to all. Especially to those of the household of faith. Now, you've heard me say many times that uh, when you read a verse of Scripture and it starts with therefore, you need to find out what is therefore. And to do that, you just simply back up until you find the explanation. There's always a reason when it says therefore. You don't have to back up very far on this one, just one verse. Just back up one verse. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So it's very, it's, it's very obvious what the Apostle Paul is saying here to the Christians in that area of the world. Now, I'll explain a little bit more about that, but let me give you just a, just a brief historical background of the book of Galatians. Galatians is the only book out of the 13 or 14 books. There's a little controversy over Hebrews. I think Paul probably wrote that. The epistles that Paul wrote, uh, this is the only letter that Paul specifically uh, addressed to a group of churches, not just to one church. When he writes in Corinthians 1 and 2, uh, first and second, he's writing to the church at Corinth. When he writes in the book of Ephesians, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. But when he writes to the, to the Galatians, he's writing to a group. In fact, the, the word Galatia is not the title of a city, but rather a region in the north central part of Asia Minor. There were a number of cities in that region, cities like Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. If you've read the book of Acts, you're familiar with those cities. There were Christians in those cities. And in some of those cities, Paul had already established churches. And, and uh, those uh, cities uh, that did not yet have a church established in them, there were already Christians that were coming together. And it was just a matter of time until some of the team from those missionary journeys would establish a church there. So when, when Paul writes to the Galatians, he's writing to all the Christians and all of the churches in the north central area or region of Asia Minor. Now it's obvious from the preceding verse of my text that there are some people who are discouraged in that area. Christians who for whatever reason, um, they, they have become a bit weary and Paul is trying to encourage them. Uh, in fact, if you back all the way up uh, in, in this sixth chapter, you'll, you'll find Paul using an analogy of, of farming. And that's very apropos because it was an agrarian society that they were living in. And he reminds them that there is a law, an irrefutable law, that God set in motion way back from the very beginning when he created the heavens and the earth, seed time and harvest. It will work. In fact, God said, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. So there will be sowing and reaping. Now, one of the things that Paul points out here is the obvious. He said, you reap what you sow. It's very simple. You don't go out in your garden and plant uh, uh, seeds for green beans. 
and go out later and expect to see stalks of corn. It doesn't work that way. You reap what you sow. And, uh, and, and Paul said, some of you have been laboring. He said this, this uh, principle, by the way, applies in the spiritual realm just like it does in the natural realm. You reap what you sow. And he said to the uh, people, the Christians in that area of the world, many of you have been sowing. You've been working hard for God. You've been, you've been sharing the gospel. You've been planting good seed. You've been doing everything that you know to do. And some of you are a bit discouraged because your harvest has not yet come in. But Paul says, don't be discouraged at the proper time. That's the new King James that I read from a while ago. The old King James 1611, I love this wording. He said, in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. In due season. And by the way, this applies to some of you, you here this morning. You, have, you, you may be a bit discouraged because you're not seeing the results that you want to see from your Christian life or your endeavors of working in the, in the kingdom of God, but in due season, say due season. In due season, you're going to reap if you don't faint. In other words, don't give up. So he's saying to these Christians, he said, look, it, it's just like the farmer. He doesn't plant his, for his field today and go out tomorrow and harvest. There is a period of time. It takes time. That you, you've got the, there's a time to sow. You, you make sure that the, that the weather is right and, and the predictions are right. And for the old-fashioned folks that use the almanac, you looked at the moon to see when to plant. And you plant. Then there's a period of time for that seed to germinate and break through the ground. And eventually the harvest will come. And at harvest time, you reap the harvest. But he said, don't get weary in the meantime. If you get weary and give up, what if a farmer went out and let, let's say he had a, I've lived in Indiana for several years and, and boy, you'd ride through those cornfields at harvest time. You, you could just miles as far as you can see the corn. Uh, it, it just, what if the farmer went out and planted his field with corn? And he went out next week and it had not grown up yet. And he went out the week following and he had no corn yet. And the third week he went out and the fourth week and, and he's just little, and he just give up. He said, what's the use? I just quit. And he goes home, folds his arms and quits. And, and uh, maybe even says, I think I'll go to a part of the country somewhere else. I'll go to Georgia and plant peanuts or something, you know. And he just leaves. Well, the harvest will come, but the harvest will not be what it could have been if he had been attentive during that time. Because in the meantime, there's some weeding to do. In the meantime, there's some watering to do. In the meantime, there's some fertilizing to do. There's, and so Paul said the same thing in the spiritual realm. Don't get weary during the waiting period of time it just just don't due do season is coming due season turn to your neighbor and say your due season is coming you're going to reap a harvest it's going to come if you don't faint hang in there and so Paul says here's what you do now I really want you to get this point if you if you miss everything else I say this morning I want you to get this Paul is really trying to help these discouraged people to realize that it's not near as hard as you think it is. 
He said, all you need to do in the meantime is just be good to everybody. Yeah, he said, he said uh, I, I read it a while ago. He said, do good to all. And you responded back to all, everybody. Just, just be good to everybody. Just be good to everybody. And, and be especially good to your family and the Lord. Just, just bless them. You know, when people come to church, they ought to feel encouraged. They ought to feel uplifted. They ought to feel edified. And, and, and in fact, if you're a Christian, people around you, no matter where you are, at work, at home, in the neighborhood, at the grocery store, in the traffic, There, all you got to do is just be good to everybody. I don't have any trouble at church. I don't have any trouble at home. I have to work on myself in the car. <laughs> I, I, it, it just, I, I don't know what it is about me. My, my mother was hyperactive and, and my daddy was, was, you just didn't break in front of my daddy. And, and, and you, didn't, you didn't pull up in a turn lane beside my daddy and, and try to take off and beat him and go straight when you're supposed to turn. He, he didn't do that. He, even with his work truck, he, we, <laughs> he had an old work truck. And there was a guy every afternoon when dad be going home, that, that, this guy had a, had a pretty souped up car. And he'd get in the turn lane and then take off and beat my daddy because my daddy's old pickup truck was a six-cylinder so my daddy traded it, <laughs> and he got him a he got him a El Camino, and he got him a Chevrolet V8 Power Pack engine. And the first day, my daddy took him all the way down to the next block, <laughs> and that guy had to drop back or hit head on with somebody coming. Daddy just did, you, you just didn't do that. You just didn't do and, and And I really have to work on myself. I, I, have, to, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say to myself, it's not worth it. Besides, one of your members may be following you. <laughs> do good to everybody. Let them in. It's not the end of the world. Do good to everybody. Just, just, just do good to everybody. That's, that's what he said. Just, just do good. In fact, let me read it to you from the Amplified. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, he's talking about opportunities here. If you've got the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Say all people. That, that's everybody, folks. We're supposed to be doing good to everybody. Not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Just, just bless folks. And what Paul's saying, it's really, when you get right down to it, it's a lot easier than you think it is. Now, there are people who stress out trying to do works that they think will make them acceptable to God. And, and the enemy, this is one of the tactics of the enemy to keep you from coming to Christ. 
The enemy will tell you that it's hard to be a Christian. That is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. The devil himself hatched that one up. The Bible said it's the way of the transgressor that's hard, not the way of serving the Lord. When you really get into this thing, that's what Paul's trying to say. Just relax and just, just be nice, just be good, just bless, just edify and just encourage. That's what we're supposed to be about. So I want to talk to you. I, I, I want to give you three things that I, I just want to say about opportunity, gathering from what Paul is saying here to the Christians in that region of the world. Number one, look near before you look far. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Some people, again, put so much pressure on themselves. They're looking for that. They're, they're trying to force themselves into some sort of mode where they can do something great for the Lord. Uh, maybe they want to go to the mission field. Well, I'm not against you going to the mission field. If God calls you to missions, go. If you have the opportunity, go. But, but look, we have opportunities all around us every day. Don't wait till you can go to China when you can bless your next door neighbor. Amen. Amen. Just, just look near before you look far. It's so important that, in fact, did you know that your first real mission is your family? I don't know a greater pastorate than that. Some people want to pastor a great church somewhere. Greatest church you can pastor is your own family. Greatest opportunity you'll ever have is to share Jesus with your children. You saw these little babies this morning. You're talking about an opportunity to just start singing over them right now, praying over them right now, and blessing them right now, and then watching them begin to grow up in the Lord. I remember when I was just a young teenager, I was in Richmond, Indiana, and our overseer was Dr. Cecil Knight at the time, and he came to our church one Sunday morning. And Dr. Knight quoted a verse of Scripture from Mark, uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 16, verse 26. It said, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And we, we're familiar with that passage of Scripture. That's a good one. But he said, let me, let me give you a, it's not a Scripture, but it's a, it's a saying that I have made a motto of my life based on that Scripture. He said, What would it profit me? to preach the gospel to the whole world and lose my own children and my own family and my own home. In other words, just start where you are. Just begin to bless and edify where you are. Do good and, and, and do good to the household of faith. We're a family. Amen. We're a family. Go ahead and give God praise for that. That's fine. Now, I know sometimes because we're all human and we make mistakes and we don't always feel good and sometimes we get irritable. And isn't it amazing in life how that we tend to hurt the people who are the closest and most important to us? I don't know why that is, but that's just kind of the way life is. You know, you'll, you'll say things to your family you wouldn't say to anybody else. But we're the family of God. And, and there's, there should just be an atmosphere at church where you can just feel the love of God and the presence of the Lord. 
And I want to say, if you've ever come through these doors and didn't feel that way, we apologize because that's what we want to. We just want to bless everybody. We just want to do good. Amen? Because the Lord's going to bring a great harvest in our lives. Second thing I want you to know about opportunities, don't try to do what you can't. You know, back to this thing Paul's trying to let us know, it's, it's, it's easy. Don't try to make it hard. Don't try to do something you can't do. Don't try to be somebody you can't be. Some of you may remember a few years ago, Pastor Larry Stockstill was here on Sunday morning and, and preached to us, and he, he told a story about when he was in Bible college, there was a professor that was quite a preacher, a young guy. He, he was in great demand. Everybody wanted to hear him preach. He was a great evangelist, great communicator. People just loved to hear him. And he had kind of long hair, and sometimes when he's preaching, his hair would kind of fall down uh, over his forehead, and, and, and uh, he just had developed a little habit. Every once in a while when he's preaching, he'd just kind of do that, you know, and throw his hair back. And Pastor Larry said, all the preacher boys at the school got to where when they would be preaching, they'd go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wanting to be like that preacher, you know. He said, what was really funny, we had one guy that was bald-headed. <laughs> Just be who you are, not who you're not, because if you're not who you are, you are who you're not. Just, just be comfortable with who Jesus made you. You're special. You're important. You're unique. There's not another person person on planet earth that's exactly like you and you're made in the image and the likeness of God and he loves you and he's proud of you and he's proud to, for you to be a part of his family. So just relax and don't try to be who you're not. Don't try to do what you can't do. Just do what you can. That's my third and final point. Do what you can. Just, just, just do what comes natural and, and, and do just take advantage of the opportunities that are around you every day i want to read you a story from mark chapter 14 that illustrates what i'm trying to say here verses three to nine this took place in the ministry of jesus and being in bethany at the house of simon the leper as he sat at the table a woman came having an alabaster flax of very costly ointment or oil of spikenard then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do good to them, but me you do not have always. Look at verse 8. This is so important. Jesus said this, she has done what she could. Read that verse with me, will you? She has done what she could. Read it one more time. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for a burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial for her or to her. She has done what she could. Wow. Jesus didn't criticize her at all. He, he, he didn't say, 
woman, you could have, why didn't, why didn't you, you know, bring 10 people with you today? No. She did what she could. She didn't try to do what she couldn't. She just did what she could. Now, I'll promise you this. That little woman had no idea when she brought that oil of spikenard to pour on the head of Jesus, how far-reaching that story would go. She had no idea. She didn't do it for that. Here's her one and only purpose, and if you study this, you'll find out that God had done a miraculous work in this woman's life, tremendous work in her life. And all she was looking for was a way to appropriately express how much she really loved the Lord and how grateful she was that he had brought her out of darkness into the light, set her free from the bondage of her past life. And so while she was thinking, what could I do? What could I do? I, I can't do like other people do. I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of the inner circle. I'm not part of the crowd. That, what could I do? And all of a sudden she thought, you know, I've got, I've got this flask of oil of spikenard. Boy, it was expensive. It, the, the equivalent, that 300 denarii, that doesn't mean much to us, but it was the equivalent of an, a year's wages. It's a lot of money. In other words, took me a year to save up. Took, probably took her years to save up little by little because it's very expensive and she had that for a very special occasion she said what could be more special than to give this to the lord and she came and poured it on the head of jesus and anointed fill that room with the fragrance and jesus said i love this jesus said let me tell you something you think you think this act of kindness is going to stop here? No, 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 no. It has far-reaching implications. In fact, Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, that woman had no idea when she did that that better than 2,000 years later on the last Sunday morning in January of 2019, we'd be talking about it right here in Augusta, Georgia. She had no idea. Let me, let me tell you something, folks. Just do what you can. You have no idea what blessing someone that you may think is insignificant. You have no idea the far-reaching implication of that. Somebody took time to tell a shoe salesman about Jesus, had no idea that that shoe salesman would wind up shaking continents with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody told somebody that told somebody else that told somebody else that won Billy Graham to Jesus. Millions saved all over the world. Listen, folks, it's not hard. Just be kind to everybody and just share the gospel. And as somebody said, if you have to, use words. 
But our lives should just demonstrate the love of God. People should be able to sense it and feel it. Just take advantage of those opportunities. She did what she could. Now, that's the end of my message. Except that I put a little, what I call a postscript on it. P.S. Here's the after. This doesn't cost you any extra. It's just something I want to share with you about that, that I get from what Paul is saying here to Galatians. When I look at this little woman who came, really her focus was just on Jesus. She wasn't thinking about anybody else. She wasn't thinking about those disciples. She wasn't thinking about the, the guy's house that she was in. She wasn't thinking about the crowd that was there. She wasn't thinking about anything except she just loved the Lord and was so grateful for what God had done in her life. She just came to worship him. What I want to do is give you two points on how to, how to expand your territory by just taking advantage of the opportunities. The first thing she did was worship. It was it, the, the, the pouring of that gift was an act of her worship to God. She was just expressing in the greatest way that she knew how, how much she loved the Lord. Can I tell you this morning, if you'll just focus on the Lord and worship God, you'll be amazed at the fruit that your life will bear. And it's not hard do you, do you know, it just comes natural. Did, 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 have, you, have you ever gone by a fruit tree and heard that fruit tree saying, oh, I, I got to bear some fruit. I got, no. It just stands there and does what comes natural. Sap comes up, life on the tree. And after a while, there it is. If it's an orange tree, there's oranges. If it's an apple tree, there's apples. It just bears fruit. Can I say to you this morning, if you'll just relax in the Lord and just let the Holy Spirit bring that love of God in your life until it just overflows and just take advantage of the opportunities that you have, the fruit that you will bear will amaze you. The second thing is pray. Some of you feel disadvantaged. There's some of you right now. You're probably thinking to yourself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, I'm that one talent person. I'm not, the, I'm not the five talent person. I'm not the two talent person. I'm just a one talent. I can't do like some others. Boy, I wish I could sing. <laughs> Back to that doing what you can do and not trying to do what you can't do. Several years ago, <laughs> there was a young lady that was a member of our church, and bless her heart, Bless her heart. She wanted to sing. She was after the music director every Sunday morning. She wanted to sing a special. She wanted to sing a solo. She just wanted to sing. She had visions of grandeur. She, she thought, step aside, Nashville, I'm coming. There was one problem. She could not sing. When she sang... She would either flatten the notes, and a little while it'd go back up, and she'd, you'd think, oh, she's going to get back on key, and then she'd sharp it. It was just all over the place. It was terrible. Now, why in the world, if she couldn't sing, would she put this pressure on herself to be a superstar singer? Not going to happen. I'm just sorry. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to sing. God loves to hear all of his children sing. 
It's kind of like you natural parents. It doesn't matter whether your kid can carry a tune in a bucket or not. You like to hear them sing. They're your youngins. And God loves to hear you sing in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Or in the congregation. Or not so loud that you're drowning everybody else out. But, you know, God... Make a joyful noise to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't put that pressure on yourself to try to be something you can't. And, and you say, well, I'm, I'm just that one talent person. I can't sing. I can't do this. I can't preach. I can't. We, we had a, a young guy in church. My uncle was pastoring. He just kept after my uncle all the time. He said, I want to preach. 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 And finally, one Sunday night, my uncle gave in and let him preach. Bless his heart. Seven minutes. He had, he had exhausted all the biblical knowledge that he had gained in his entire life. It was gone. And he was just standing there. He didn't even know how to close. He didn't even know how to get out of the way. He didn't even know how to sit down. He was just at the end of it, seven minutes. And his Bible, he had a zip-up Bible. And he's just standing there. The whole time he was preaching, he was on that zipper. When he got done preaching, when he got done preaching, one of the men of the church told my uncle, said, uh, I sure am glad he couldn't preach 30 minutes. He'd have wore that zipper out on that Bible. (laughs) But listen, focus on worship. That's the first thing. The second thing, just pray. God will help you. God will help. He can expand your area and territory of influence if you'll just ask him. The apostle James said, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Let me leave you with the prayer of Jabez. How many of you have heard of the prayer of Jabez? Have you heard that? Bruce Wilkins wrote a book about the prayer of Jabez several years ago. It sold over 3 million copies. It's wonderful. The prayer of Jabez is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, if you'd like to look at it, verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, listen, in those, in those days, they named children after, names always meant something. And she named this poor kid pain <laughs> because she had a hard time in delivery. And she slapped that on that boy, bless his heart, everywhere he went, he was a pain. And it was named that. He had to live with that all of his life. Here comes pain. Here comes pain. How do you overcome that? Well, here's how he overcame it. He went to the Lord in prayer. And here's what he said. Look at verse 10. And Jabez called on the Lord or the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. So the Lord granted him what he had requested. Did you know that that 
one prayer. Now we think about, and there's many testimonies of what the prayer of Jabez has meant to multitudes of people and what a blessing it's been in their lives. But for Jabez, he overcame the handicap of being named inappropriately by just asking God, Lord, he said, I'd like for you to expand my territory. I'd like to get beyond this little circle that knows me by nothing but a, a name that's a bad nickname. And, and, and he said, I, I, I'm going to ask you to bless me and help me, keep me from evil and help me that I will not cause pain. I don't want to cause anybody any pain. In other words, he wanted to be what Paul wanted all of us to be in Galatians. He wanted us to go, do good to everybody and just bless everywhere we went. And God heard him and answered his prayer. God can expand your territory of influence. If you'll ask him, just be bold enough to ask him. Now, I've heard some theologians say, that's not a good prayer because it's selfish. He's asking for God to bless him. Well, I beg to differ. He wasn't asking to be blessed just so he could be blessed. He was asking to be blessed so he could be a blessing. And that's a good prayer. He said, Lord, I don't want to cause pain. I want to be a blessing to everybody. That is a good prayer. You can pray for God to bless you if your desire to be blessed is so you can be a blessing. And God would delight in doing that for you. Would you stand with me, please? Anybody in here this morning like to be a blessing? Yes. Amen. Anybody in here this morning like to be blessed? Yes. You know, we're still at the beginning of a new year. This is still January. Last Sunday, but it's still January. I love new beginnings. I hope you're off to a good start this year. I want to encourage you right here, still at the beginning of this new year, to make this a year when you just take advantage of the opportunities that God has given you. Now, I'm not asking you to stress yourself out and just, you know, I'm just asking you to relax in the Lord and say, Lord, as the doors of opportunity open, I'm just going to believe you and just walk through them. And I want to be a blessing. One opportunity that you have right now, a great opportunity, perhaps the greatest opportunity you'll have in life is to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Jesus came to this world and paid a price that we couldn't pay. Our sins had so offended the justice of God until all of us were living under the judgment of God. But Jesus came and gave his life so that he could wash away our sins and bring us into the family of God and make us special in the beloved. Right now, before we leave this service today, God could be writing your name on the Lamb's Book of Life and settling your eternal destination if you just ask him. He won't force himself into your life. But if you'll open your heart's door and invite him to come in, he'll come in. What an opportunity right now to take care of your eternal destiny. So I'm going to ask you as we pray, 
If you've not accepted the Lord as your Savior, to open your heart this morning and during this prayer, I challenge you to simply say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I declare Jesus Lord of my life. I believe that he died for me, that he rose again, and that he's coming again, and I want to be with him forever. If you'll do that today, God will take care of that situation. Others of you today, I challenge you to, in this prayer, say, Lord, I want you to enlarge my territory. Maybe you can pray the entire prayer of Jabez. Some of you probably know it from memory. But Lord, I just want you to enlarge my territory. I want your hand to be with me. I want you to keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. I want to be a blessing. I want to do what Paul said do. I just want to do good to everybody. I want your Holy Spirit to use me and direct me. I want this to be a year when my life is fruitful for the glory of God. I'm a blessing to others, and others are blessed. Would you bow your heads with me, please, and let's pray together. Whatever you need, present that need to the Lord. If you have a physical need, a spiritual need, a financial need, a relational need, whatever your need might be, just ask the Lord as we pray. Let's pray. Father, we come together right now all over this congregation. I pray that if there's a man, a woman, a boy, a girl here that has not surrendered to you and given their life to you and taken care of their eternal destiny, that right now as we pray that they'll take advantage of this opportunity and pray to you and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray for those who are struggling physically today that the healing virtue of Jesus will begin to flow through their body and that there'll be miracles of healing. I pray for financial blessings. I pray for blessings on homes and families. And Lord, I just pray that you'll do the work that only you can do for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, we bless you, our Lord. We worship you. We focus our attention, our hearts, our lives on you. Reveal yourself to us in a powerful way direct our paths in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Give him praise. Amen.